Welcome back to the Old History Podcast, here where we like to just talk about history. The goal is to just maybe help somebody learn something somewhere. So, uh, a few updates for the channel. Um, went out last week and I found a really, really cool cave and uh, posted a picture of somewhere close to it. And some guy actually private messaged the page and he's like, hey, I know where that cave is. I know what, what do you want to know about it? I said, well, tell me what you know. He said, apparently his grandfather owned like a hundred acres of land out there and the cave was part of it. And there was a storm real bad that happened one night. And uh, he says <laughs> that his grandpa's goats and his cows went into the deepest part of that cave uh, when it stormed and they had to go get it out and from then on the people from of the community called it goat cave he also gave me the location to the nearby location about another two or three more caves real close to that one and he uh, requested that I pin them and you know document where they are just so just just for that way we know where they are because they're really hard to find I'm not going to share the location of it because I'm not going to be held responsible if somebody goes in there, gets hurt. And so you guys, you guys know that I'm really open about my thoughts on history, and you guys also know that I don't like to get into politics here on the page. So, with that being said, I want to know, I want to know your thoughts on the following topic. And this was shared, this was posted by a couple of uh, mainstream media websites. So keep in mind, I don't like to get into politics, but this kind of runs all over me. The Tennessee School Board has banned uh, a book called Mouse, A Survivor's Tale, which was written by Art Spiegelman and was um, that, that won a bunch of literary awards. And I remember reading it when I was in school. Uh, they banned it from being taught in its classrooms. Now, I'm not going to share my exact thoughts other than that. Uh, I believe that this should be a required reading because the book is written from the perspective and tells a story basically of uh, the author's parents, you know, who, who were sent to a Nazi concentration camps uh, during World War II. And everybody knows, you know, the one of the worst atrocities in human history um, they banned it because there are swear words and naked illustrations in the book now I'll let you guys to think for yourselves on that one I want to know what you think on it and on the Facebook page on the mobile app you can go to the podcast section and you'll see where I uploaded the most recent podcast and I want, I want to know your thoughts on it. Do you think this should be a required reading? Do you think it should be banned? I want to know your thoughts on it. Because this I remember reading this. And this, this book, this is one of the books that really makes you think and puts it into perspective as to uh, just what went on. So, don't mean to get into a little political spiel here, try to keep that out of old history, but that, that runs all over me, you know. A bunch of uh, other parts of history come to mind whenever I think about that. Alright, so we'll just take a quick break here and we'll get into today's podcast. 
All right, so last week we talked about where well, we was getting into the politics of basically a new nation. They don't want to have like an authoritarian style of government. They don't they don't want to rule with an iron fist and say, "Hey, you do this." Because they just fought that and they didn't want that for their citizens. They didn't want to tax everybody. And so they kind of put themselves in between a rock and a hard place. And because of that, they're struggling a little bit. So we talked about the Articles of Confederation and the state constitutions because they're trying to they're trying to draw up a set of rules for every American to live by. And so the next thing to talk about would be uh, establishing a Congress and then the ensuing uh, economic crisis of the 1780s, which was therein caused basically by the war. So Congress basically failed and it was because it limited its own official power because it could not impose taxes on the states and I'm reading this from a couple of different websites just summing them up um, the national government's authority and effectiveness was basically crippled and given this given this the accomplishments of Congress were still quite impressive even if they couldn't tax the states First of all, you know, we got to keep in mind that it raised and kept up the Continental Army in the field, and it managed to finance the war effort too. Uh, diplomatic efforts helped the war as well, but military and financial support from France basically helped along Congress, and then helped the Americans. That that helped the Americans immensely. So this was due to the treaty. Of alliance with France in 1778, but it was basically a major turning point in the war. Uh, the war, I'm sorry. Similarly, the success of Congress's diplomatic envoys to the peace treaty ending the war also secured uh, quite, a, quite a few concessions from the British in 1783. The treaty won the Americans fishing rights in the Atlantic waters that the British Navy could have controlled. More importantly, Britain gained its western lands south of the Great Lakes, uh, granted all of its lands south of the Great Lakes to the new United States. While granted the western lands from the British actual ownership of this land and how to best settle it was pretty controversial, although states have ceded their own claim to the western land through their national government as part of their ratification of the Articles of Confederation, this threatened to reemerge as a post-war problem. Many Americans had ignored legal restrictions on Western settlement and simply struck out for new land that they claimed as their own by right of occupation. And how could a national Congress with limited financial resources and no course of power deal with this com this huge problem? What was they going to do? So they were basically like I said earlier, in a rock and a hard place. So their solution was a pretty a pretty remarkable act of statesmanship that basically killed two birds with one stone. Um, the Congress succeeded in asserting its ownership of the western lands and used the profits from their sale to pay the enormous expenses associated with settlement, which was, that was like roads, um, 
military protection and so on and so forth. You get the idea. Secondly, uh, Congress established a process for future states in this new area to join the Confederation on terms fully equal to the original 13 colonies. The new states would be basically sovereign and not suffer secondary colonial status. They would all be treated equally. The actual process that Congress took, uh, used to con take control of the area west of the lands of Ohio, west of the Ohio River, excuse me, I'm having a hard time talking today, indicated some of its most impressive actions. The three laws regarding settlement of this Northwest Territory, as it came to be called, they established an emission policy to the United States based on population um, and organized settlement of the territory on an orderly rectangular grid pattern. It basically helped make, make legal title more secure and prohibited the expansion of slavery to this large region, which would basically go on to include Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin. The resolution of a potential uh, of a potentially crisis-filled Western land policy was one of the most outstanding accomplishments of the first national government, which was a political process uh, for adding new states as equals was created. A partial solution to the national revenue crisis was found, and together these policies fashioned a mechanism for the United States to be a dynamic and expanding society. And more importantly, uh, Congressional Western policy put into practice some of the highest revolutionary ideals that often went unheeded by forbidding slavery in the Northwest as an inappropriate institution for the future of the United States. The Congress's uh, achievements should be considered quite honorable. At the same time, there were people whose rights were infringed upon by this same Western policy. Control of land settlement by the central government favored wealthy, you know, rich land developers over small-scale family farmers of ordinary means. And then we also have to consider the Native Americans' claim to a western region still basically largely unsettled by European people. And their, their, their claim was basically ignored, uh, as I'm sure you can guess. The record of the first national government includes achievements and failures. Like these two qualities often could be found intertwined within the same issue. And so that's one of Congress's biggest, uh, one of their biggest actions, because they, there are three or four different paths that they could have taken, and they would have, uh, they would have turned out very, very differently if if they had taken those. But Congress was still trying to figure everything out, and this was one of the biggest choices that they could have done. So we'll take a quick break here and we'll discuss the economic crisis of the 1780s. Alright, so the economic crisis of the 1780s. And just, uh, just a note, I am reading this from Mark Leiberman, Leibman, Liebman, whatever, however you pronounce that. I'll, I'll link it below. And I'm reading this from U.S. History. So... And full credit to who wrote these. I'm just turning this into a podcast. Just something to talk about. So once the celebrations over the Treaty of the Signing of Paris were over in this new United States, 
basically everybody, you know, they're like, okay, what in the world's going on? They realized they are very deeply in debt to the citizens as well as to foreign powers. And according to HistoryCentral.com, our country, or with other countries, uh, 12 million and its citizens, 44 million. State governments borrowed another 25 million from the people for a total of $81 million in debt, in 2020 dollars. Well, let me reread that. For a total of $81 million. In 2021 dollars, that's basically a billion dollars. Or $631 for each of the uh, 3 million citizens of the new country. And back then, uh, even $100 was a lot of money, so you can imagine how much $631 Per person would have gotten. So to pay its citizens back, the Continental Congress and state legislatures had to tax those same citizens who lent the money to fund their war to get the money to pay off their loans uh, for the goods and services they provided to the Continental Army and Navy. In other words, they taxed them so they could pay them back. Those who were in debt due to money owed to them by the government didn't have the money to pay it back and known financiers who raised the money through bonds and loans wound up in debtor's prison because the government could not raise the money to pay them. So it gets a little bit worse. And right after the Treaty of Paris was signed, the U.S. exports to Britain, who was our largest market before the revolution, and trade with the British-held islands off the Caribbean was prohibited. France went into a recession, so the market died. And even if we could have sent goods overseas, the country didn't have enough ships to carry the cargo because many American-owned merchant ships had been seized by the British. Basically, before the revolution, our ships were protected by the Royal Navy. After the French joined our side, their navy protected our merchant shipping. We disbanded our navy so there was no force to protect them. Out of, uh, Hold on, I'm getting a phone call from Dr. Doctor. All right, sorry about that. Had some uh, news coming my way from Warren Doctor. Let me move my microphone back here. I had some news coming my way from Warren Doctor, but uh, anyway, so back to the podcast. One of the major problems going on here was that our country was operating under the Articles of Confederation, which was an agreement that basically gave our national leaders very little power. This economic crisis and the realization that in order for the United States to succeed, it needed to replace the Articles of Confederation with a new document that created strong but limited federal government power. The process created a workable document agreeable to all states that began on May 25, 1787 and ended roughly four months later. September 28th, the Constitution, September 28th, 1787, the Constitution was submitted to the states for ratification. Nine were needed for it to be adopted, and on June 21st, 1788, New Hampshire became the ninth state to ratify the Constitution, followed by New York, uh, New Jersey, Virginia, and North Carolina, uh, who adopted it on November 29th, 1789, and Rhode Island was the last to ratify it. And so just to put this in perspective, the crisis of the 1780s 
basically paved the way for how great things would be in the 1790s. So the, basically the war had disrupted basically every aspect of the American economy. We were poor and on the high seas the British Navy had pretty pretty much all superiority and destroyed most American ships. You know they crippled the flow of trade and on land you know both armies regularly stole from the people in order to find food and farmers would suffer from this too you know because they couldn't just make a cow instantly you know they couldn't grow grain in one day so by the time the war actually ended the economy was in virtual shambles as I stated exports to Britain were restricted and British law prohibited trade with uh, Britain's sugar colonies in the Caribbean and so basically as I said earlier this eliminated two major sources of colonial era commerce a flood of cheap manufactured imports that sold cheaper than comparable American made goods made the post-war economic slump worse finally the high level of debt taken on by the states to fund the war effort it really only just put gas on the fire which basically allowed for rapid inflation this economic crisis was a pretty huge threat to individuals as well as to this it didn't really secure or help the stability and future of the young republic independence had been declared and the war that made that a reality but now the new republican governments at both state and national level had to make very difficult decisions you know pertaining to how to respond to this serious economic problem most state legislatures passed laws to help ordinary farmers deal with their high level of debt repayment terms were extended and imprisonment for debt was somewhat uh, relaxed but the range of the range of favorable debtor laws passed by the state legislatures in the 1780s outraged those who were expected to be paid by debtors as well as political conservatives political controversy about what represented what represented the proper economic policy mounted and approached the boiling point as james madison of the, of the virginia noted the political struggles were primarily between the class with and the class without property just as the republican governments had came into being and rethought the meaning of popular government economic crisis threatened their future and so this will conclude the podcast for the day but these are all huge things to think about you know we it's taught you know okay yeah we signed the declaration we adopted the constitution but it is not really taught at how hard we struggled as a nation to get over the huge hump that we were in you know it's like putting sandbags in a wagon and expecting it to roll uphill you know but it was really hard for the early politicians to make some of these choices because they knew it would make some of the people mad but so they had to be made you know just to just to get around some of the other things but this also like i said this economic crisis paved the way for the great things that came in the 1790s and the early 1800s like the louisiana purchase but we'll stop there and 
next week we'll talk about the declaration and we'll go on from there so thanks for listening and in all as always if you made it this far if you like my podcast you can subscribe to it so thanks for listening <laughs>